Hello, welcome back to the Scoops. Nice to be with you after a couple weeks. Full house tonight. Miss Post, say something so I know you're here. Hello. Uh, sorry we did not get a March Madness preview out to you last week. Miss Post and I were on spring break, so we were various places. Uh, I was actually in the studio a couple days because our team made the Final Four. Final Four high school team, first time in eight years. Tough loss, though, to an unnamed school in our state. Uh, down, we were down 19, came back, tied the game, but a tough loss at the end. Uh, great season, though. Obviously, we always wanted to continue, but great comeback. It's a little bit short, ran out of time there. Uh, obviously, it's tough, but great to be a part of it. My, my contributions were minimal for varsity, but it's still fun, obviously, to be on the bench, be at some practices, and uh, it was a great ride. Miss Post, what are your thoughts on that game? Um, it was a roller coaster. Felt like it was a sure loss at the beginning. Um, but coming back to tie, it was a tough way to lose the game um, to then fall back six. So tough loss, but, you know, winning and losing are both in the same game. So got experience in both. Agony and ecstasy, just like March Madness. Uh, shout out to Miss Post, though, a great co-host, obviously, but also a great girlfriend. She came to our games a lot, most of the freshman games, a lot of the varsity games. Varsity only lost one game when she was there, and it was this last one. So she gave up a lot of time. It's not easy being with a coach, especially a basketball coach, but thank you, Miss Post, for that. You know, that's why you're the best, one of the many reasons. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Uh, March Madness, as you said, in full swing. So I will say we were transparent here. So my final four was Kentucky, Gonzaga, Villanova, Kansas. And I had Kentucky over Kansas in the final. Well, of course, Kentucky lost the very first day. The 10th number two seed to lose to a 15. So they were out. That's disappointing. I actually had a pretty good round besides that, but obviously not my, max po my max points are really limited because of uh, them going down. But that, that's what makes the tournament great. Big upset with St. Peter's still playing. The third 15 seed to reach the Sweet 16. They beat Kentucky, and then they beat uh, Murray State. They play Purdue this weekend. Uh, Richmond beat Iowa. I did call that one right. Very excited about that. I Iowa always blows them in the, in the postseason, so I'm glad I got that one right. Uh, New Mexico State beat UConn. That was also another, another 12 over 5. 12 over 5 are just so common. They happen almost every single year, at least one. Uh, so I recommend you pick it, pick at least one. Miss Post, how's your bracket looking? Um, I'm the middle of the pack of most of my leagues. And who, who's your final four? Is it still intact? Uh, no. My, I had, uh. ooh, I had Auburn in the final four. Tough loss Miami in round two. Yep. Um, but I still have gone. Gonzaga, Purdue, and Villanova. And who's your champ? Gonzaga. So your champ's still alive. If your champ is still alive, that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, but your runner-up is out. Auburn was your runner-up. They're gone. That's a tough loss. But again, mm -hmm. champ is the most point. So there you go. Mm -hmm. A great time of year. You know, obviously NFL football season is great. We make a lot of picks there. But March Madness is just a great time of year. Ball, ball month. It's a ball month. Mm -hmm. but anyway, those are our picks. Uh, we're not doing too bad, as I said. But my champ is out, which is tough. Uh, games resume this weekend. We got the West Region Thursday, Gonzaga, Arkansas, and then Duke, Texas Tech. And then we got the uh, South, Arizona, Houston, and Villanova, Michigan. Obviously, Michigan, you know, hated here at Scoops. Got lucky being in, in the field without being in the last four in. Then, of course, they get lucky playing freaking Colorado State as a sixth seed and an Indy. That's just ridiculous. And they beat Tennessee. Tennessee was good. But Tennessee's coach, Rick Barnes, has a history of choking. So it wasn't like Michigan beat a world beater here. But it's just ridiculous. They shouldn't have been in the field. Maybe strength of schedule, okay, put them in. But to not even be in the first four and then to get Colorado State in Indy? Just ridiculous. 
So let's just pick that game right now. Villanova, Michigan. Obviously, I'm taking Villanova. I think they'll roll because Michigan's not really that good and Villanova is playing well. And, and again, Michigan, they haven't played anybody really in the tournament. So I'm taking Nova. Who you got in that I one? I got Nova too. <clears throat> Very nice. South region's other semifinal, Arizona, Houston. Houston's tough. Houston will really beat up Illinois. I think they're a good team. I do got to take Arizona, though. I think they had a scare against TCU, and usually championship teams have at least one scare, and it kind of wakes them up. So I think Arizona will win that, but it will be a battle. What do you say, Miss Post? I have Arizona, too. Arizona as well. Okay. We'll come back to the West region here soon, then we'll go to the East and the Midwest, and we'll finish making our picks before the show's out. But while we're on the topic, let's just delve into a few social issues here like we like to do here. Uh, so NCAA Swimming Championships, we know this transgender swimmer, uh, Leah Thomas, formerly known as Will Thomas. Uh, honestly, we, we we might misgender her or him, but inadvertently, I mean, it's kind of hard to keep it straight. You know, kind of tongue-in-cheek we say that, but, you know, it's it's hard to keep it straight. Also, as my boy Joe Pecora said, Wally's friend, who I know is now, now my friend, but shout out to Joe. You know, and why does anybody care what someone calls you behind your back anyway? But that's neither here nor there in terms of we're not going to have the pronoun talk today. Anyway, Leah Thomas formerly was a man, quote unquote, a man, biological, or excuse me, uh, identified as a man, and then recently decided to identify as a woman. So was on like testosterone blockers. Or I don't really exactly know what was, what he was on, but something that limited his testosterone. And now he can compete for with, with women in, in, in NCAA Division One swimming at Penn. And Leah Thomas came in first in one of the events, 500 meters, or uh, could be the wrong event, but came in first at a national championship event this past weekend. And of course, you know, the usual woke libs are not outraged, even though it hurt women. We're supposed to empower women, and rightfully so, but empowering women is the most important thing we can do, but not in this case, because transgender rights come first. Again, it, it, as my boy Clay Travis said, in, in the hierarchy of victimhood, it's hard to tell who comes first. It's like the Deshaun Watson case in one sense, right? Like Deshaun Watson, black quarterback, accused of sexual assault by 22 different women. So who do you believe, the women or the black quarterback? Well, the answer to that is just, just not cover it. So same thing here. ESPN really hasn't covered it. Maybe I think they I, – I saw at a restaurant that it was talked about. I don't know what was said. But other than that, it hasn't been covered at all. So what wins out? Does transgender – does the transgender movement win out or the women women's rights movement? But I, we're not going to delve too much into it here. I do just want to say, though, obviously it's it seems pretty obvious. Again, you don't have to be a quote-unquote pro-science guy or even a smart science guy to realize that biological men competing with biological women is not even playing field. And there is many nuances to that, right? Like if someone took puberty blockers before puberty, that they obviously have less, I assume, they still have some biological developments of being a male, but I assume it's different versus someone like Leah Thomas, Will Thomas, who was a man for 20 years of his life and then just decided to, to, to become a woman or started to become a woman. You, you can't act like that all of a sudden makes the playing field, level, playing field level. I mean, that's just absurd. So, again, obvious biological differences between men and women. And then you mentioned that someone already went through puberty to become a man and now is swimming against women. I mean, it's 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 not even really a discussion, honestly. Any thoughts on that, Miss Post? Uh, not at the moment. So. And again, mm-hmm. it, it if you want to say it's a complicated issue, I agree in in some ways, in some ways. But in athletics, it's really not because again, you're talking about this is high high level athletics. 
So the differences do matter, okay? Uh, Leah Thomas was a high-level athlete when he identified as a man, okay? So obviously that's still the case now that he's competing against women. And also, you he went through puberty as a man. So you, you're, you're, you don't just get rid of that just because you stop taking testosterone. And not only that, but testosterone is not the only thing that gives men an advantage over women when it comes to athletics and things like that in most cases. And again, this is high level. It's not this, this is a 45-year-old guy off the street that is out of shape and now a woman. Okay, this is someone who already trained at a high level. And I'm going to leave with, leave with this. Let's go to the, as my boy Tony Kohnheiser says, let's go to the glasses. In this case, let's go to... The data. This is from last January by Abigail, Abigail Shearer, who wrote a great book about the transgender movement and just basically asking, like, why all of a sudden it's kind of happened in the last four or five years when it wasn't that common before. Excellent read. But this article is about uh, um, from last year. I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. But let's go back to what we just said about. Testosterone. Okay, so this is an article in the Wall Street Journal, January 24, 2021. Girls are generally uninterested in watching their daughters demoralized by the blatant unfairness of a rigged competition. I say rigged because in contests of strength and speed, the athletic chasm between the sexes, which opens at puberty, is both permanent and unbridgeable. Once male puberty is complete, testosterone suppression doesn't undo the biological advantages men possess. Larger hearts, lungs, and bones, greater bone density, more oxygenated blood more fast-switch muscle fiber, and vastly greater muscle mass, end quote. So again, in the Leah Thomas case, this is already, this would happens post-puberty. So puberty blockers is one thing, which is not safe for kids, let's just say that, but that's a different, different conversation. But all that occurs once male puberty is complete. So testosterone suppression does not just get rid of that, obviously. Okay, article continues, quote, how big is, is this performance gap? To take one example cited by the Connecticut female runners in their complaint against the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference, the fastest female sprinter in the world is American runner Allison Felix, a woman with more gold medals than Usain Bolt. Pause. So more medals than Usain Bolt, you know, fastest man in the world for many years, if not still. Quote continues, her lifetime best for the 400-meter run is 49.26 seconds. Based on 2018 data, nearly 300 high school boys in the U.S. alone could beat it. So, end quote. So, again, the fastest woman in the world, her lifetime best in this 400-meter run is matched by 300 high school boys in the U.S. alone, not to mention around the world. And that's only, that, that's only high school boys, not even high-level NCAA or Olympic runners. So, again, that just goes to show the absurdity of acting like there's no biological differences in athletics between women and men, either post-puberty which obviously is big, and even pre-puberty. Now, I don't know much about what happens in terms of muscle mass and things if you stop puberty. It doesn't take, doesn't take away everything. I do know that. That's, again, common sense. But we're not going to, in this Leah Thomas issue, that's not what's at stake. But food, chew on that, Scoops listeners, because, again, A, conflicting victimhood ideologies, transgender women or women, okay, and B, Common sense, right? Party of science. I, I, I think I thought of this last summer. I was telling somebody, I said, you know, many, many woke lives and things reject a faith because they're pro-science and they want reason and, and logic and things like that. But if you think about it, really, the transgender movement would have more of a basis if you, if you turn to the spiritual instead of the science because the science definitely doesn't support that because science dictates evolution, A, and B, biology, pretty much that's it. So there's not more than two sexes, period. 
period. This whole movement with the sex assigned at birth, it literally does not make any sense. Sex is not assigned, sex is a given. But again, that's kind of a conversation for a different day. Anything to add to that, Miss Post? Um, I was just going to add my bit to the, the whole swimming. You're a former swimmer, tell us. Well, <laughs> recreational swimmer. Recreational, yeah, um, still though. Did take some classes and really enjoyed it. So this kind of hits just because I know how tough of a, like, a sport that can be. Even just practicing for a couple years, it's really tough to like improve your times and stuff or get better. It's just really tough. Um, but swimming, if you know it, has different strokes. You have freestyle, breaststroke, butterfly, and backstroke. And logically and scientifically, um, breaststroke is the easiest for women because it's a leg-dominated stroke. Um, when I learned it, we broke it down into steps. And the first one was where we would have our hands on a kickboard and we would do the kick. It's kind of like a little frog kick. It's pretty fun. Um, and then we just practice that over and over lots of laps. And then eventually you add in the arms to it, but the arms really aren't important. It's your legs. And so women are just better at this event because it's leg dominated. Women are biologically, um, stronger in their legs. Our center of gravity is lower too. Um, for, you know, reasons with childbirth and everything. We're created that way, and it works perfectly for us. That's the way it's supposed to be. Men are better at freestyle. That's like a whole upper body stroke. So, of course, men are going to be faster at that than women. And, of course, with every stroke, men are going to be faster. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting. I think the event that Leah won was freestyle. Am I correct? I think, I believe that is correct. Yeah. I believe that is correct, yeah. yes. Which, is, according to what you would say, would make sense. Which would be a distance um, event. But, anyways, I think, like, looking at the different aspects of swimming in itself is important to think about. It's like, oh, it's interesting. These things are, um, like, women could be better at things than men, and that's okay because we're made different. And so, looking at this whole thing... It's like people start to realize, okay, that's why we have different gendered sports. <laughs> exactly. That's why we separate them. But somehow it's not getting to people's heads because they want to think that inclusion is the most important thing in the world. Exactly. Inclusion at all costs. Um, <clears throat> can I talk for a sec about NCAA? Of course, yeah. Um, if you've been watching the March Madness um, games, you've probably seen some ads by NCAA. And there's one that says we're providing opportunities for all student athletes. And I think that they need to cancel that commercial because they've literally um, crossed that out for themselves with this whole thing. That's right. That's a great point. It's it's kind of infuriating if you watch it after you know about everything that's going on right now. Well, you just said it's all about inclusivity, which, again, this is 50 years of Title IX, which was groundbreaking in the, in the opportunities it gave for women in athletics, which is being taken away now it might not become an epi epidemic it might not be it might not destroy women's sports completely but it's the whole mindset of the title nine was was invented was passed to create opportunities for women because they didn't have space previously and so what this is doing is taking away the mm -hmm. women's space which We're was the whole point of this. title nine correct undoing yeah, it exactly you're undoing it. exactly point blank and yeah. how does that help women a and how does that empower them? And how does that boost up women's sports? And the answer to the question, of course, is it doesn't. There's no way it can. 
And again, it's not even an issue of like whether you want to call a transgender woman a woman or whatever you want to say. Whether you say transgender women are women, okay, fine. We're not talking about that right now. But it's the point of the fairness in the competitive athletics, the competitive events that occur. And of course, it's not fair. It doesn't make any sense because mm-hmm. biology matters. Biology exists. Again, science is science. Science, science is real. Is real. <laughs> like the, like the science say. Yeah. Fire is fire. Water is life. Science is science. So it biology is immutable. Biology is immutable. You can't undo it. <laughs> exactly. But one thing along those lines, and so the, this Florida bill was passed and I don't know all the details. Basically, it bans like teaching of sexual identity and sexual orientation, gender identity from K through third grade. I think I support the bill personally from what I know about it, which that's why I know about it, because A, kids are easily impressionable, obviously. And B, it's not a teacher's job to to, to teach, to it to introduce a lesson about that kind of thing. And C, parents have a right to not want their kid to learn about that. Mm-hmm. It's not developmentally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not going to delve into the science behind that right now, but obviously it's not, again, what does common sense dictate? Yeah. Kids are impressionable, A, and B, it's not development appropriate. Development appropriate. Anyway, right. of course the bill is being slammed nationwide, but ESPN, woke ESPN, they actually paused some women's basketball broadcasts to take a moment of silence to stand in solidarity with their LGBTQIA plus brothers and sisters. And that, again, that's that's fine. Honestly, that's fine. You know, free expression, whatever. I mean, that that's that, that's not the issue at hand. But the larger issue at play is the fact that anybody that did that, whatever actions like that are taken, it just assumes that no one disagrees with you and no one can disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is the case. But just as my boy Jason Whitlock, he wrote a column about this. Think about like if someone thought abortion was that abhorrent that they wanted to take a stand about that or a bill being passed that enabled more abortions or things like that. A, they never get to because that would turn off viewers and they're in the stage of walkout and people would go to Twitter to say, oh, I'll press there or whatever, whatever. But B, think about how up your own ass you have to be to think that like you can just say whatever, you can do whatever movement you want because every single person has to agree with you. Mm-hmm. And the larger point of this is those are the same people that say how oppressed they are and how they have no voice. So the same ones that assume that no one disagrees with them are the same ones that say that they have no voice and they're trapped and oppressed, et cetera, et cetera. As our loyal, loyal listener Phil points out, he sent me this great meme. I'll try to post it as our cover, but it's basically saying like, is it a coincidence that like I agree with everything the government, the media, academia, and, and big tech say? <laughs> yeah, probably it's a coincidence. So again, I think yeah. this, the, title, the title of this episode is We Are the Anti-Establishment because, again, A, it's free thought, which is really not a controversial idea, but today it is. In this day and age it is. Yeah. And B, we actually are people that have to watch what we say and have to be careful. And no, we don't have everybody behind us in all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. I read this one article about, about book banning, which for the record scoops is not support. And also for the record, removing a book from a library shelf is not the same as book banning. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I read an article about it. Basically, these librarians, of course, they're paying the librarians as victims and all this. They're like, oh, we don't want to end up on Fox News, which could be a thing. But it almost, again, it, that's such a place of privilege because – Everyday conservatives worry every single day about being canceled or ending up on MSNBC or Twitter or what right. name your media source here. Find out that you have a sexual allegation against you. <laughs> exactly. Or a bigot or retweeted yeah. something or liked something or said yeah. something 25 years ago and you were still in the womb. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You, like, rolled your eyes at somebody back one day when you were three <laughs> years old. Like, they'll find exactly. any, any dirt on you. Exactly. You so no one has more, no one has more privilege than white liberals. Liberals particular, but white, white liberals, or liberals in general, white liberals in particular. No one has more privilege than them because, again, they're worried about being canceled on or being put on Fox News, but everyday conservatives worry about losing their job, 
uh, being canceled, getting lost out of Twitter, whatever. A couple of examples here. One, Disney, again, Disney's all up, Disney employees were all up in arms because the company didn't do more to stop the bill. So they wanted to stop donating to legislatures that voted for it and things like that. So first of all, it's not going to happen because Disney provides so much, so many jobs and things like that. And Disney, I mean, Disney and Florida need each other. Mm-hmm. Disney ain't going to California because it'll never be open again. Okay, but anyway, so they're all up in arms and they staged a walkout and things. And again, so that basically some conservatives went, spoke out anonymously and said, yeah, we can't even say what we think. Like, they just assume that we all agree with them. They just walk around like this is this is common sense. They use the company dime or company resources to be activists. And as a teacher, I can relate to that because at a previous school, that's how it was too. Like people just assume that like everyone agreed with them and they assume that like if you don't, you're just like ass backwards and things like that. And so again, but that's the real fear is you can't speak up and trust me, I have, but you still have to, you have to be careful because can lose a lot. You know, it, yeah, you have to be ready for a battle, A, and B, there's 25 sets of eyes on you waiting for you to say something offensive. And so that's the real, that's the real fear right there. That's the real, uh, uh, act, uh um, resistance right there. Go ahead, Ms. Post. Well, I think the, the real evidence of that too is the 2016 election. Oh, yeah, exactly. When, <laughs> when people were literally blindsided. That's right. Pe- people as in white liberals were blindsided, um, by the results. And we all, we were all out there voting, doing our, our thing. So, Exactly. Well, notice about, again, the anti-establishment is I was just reading some articles this week, and one was about the Hunter Biden story that was suppressed by big tech and the media, of course, with the laptop, substantiated recently by the New York Times. They said they, they're now substantiating what was said, even though there was never any evidence that said that the New York Post story was not legitimate or that it was Russian Russian disinformation or things like that. But anyway, a New York Post reporter broke the story, or that broke the story uh, said, I, oh shoot, I got to go back and find, I got to go back and find what it said. Give me a minute here because I just bookmarked it the other day. Oh, maybe I, oh shoot. Anyway, basically the New York Post reporter like asked something about the article, like said, oh, Tony Bublinski confirmed there was something like that. And basically, it might have been the article itself. Anyway, it's something related to the Hunter Biden story from the New York Post that was locked, wasn't allowed to be shared when it was first broken because it might have been Russian disinformation. Again, Twitter, the, the proponent of free thought and, and, and the resistance movement couldn't share it. But the, the, the reporter screenshotted a tweet that the CCP put out saying how COVID originated in the U.S. that was not flagged. So think about that. The, the reporter's own story from the United States was, was locked, but a CCP report that said COVID was from the U.S. was not flagged at all. Think about that. Think about that. Another thing, Babylon B, great satire account, just posted this uh, a satirical article saying Rachel Levine, who's the, H, the HHA secret, HHS secretary and was named Woman of the Year, She's a transgender woman, lived 54 years as a man, had a wife and kids. Avalon B posted a satirical account saying that he was their man of the year, and their account got locked because they wouldn't take it down. Their uh, create One of their uh, editors got locked, and basically the editor said, maybe if I just imprison Uyghurs and, and, and put them in concentration camps, I'll have my account unlocked. They locked him for that, of course, but yet the CCP account is still active. So anyway, it just goes to show again, these are all people who say that they're oppressed. 
They say that they have no voice. They say that, that, that society is patriarchal and against them. But they control everything. Literally everything in society they control, and they're still saying they're oppressed. And that just goes to show, as always, Democrat hubris. If you can say you're oppressed, you're not. <laughs> That's a great point, Ms. Post. <laughs> you're not. That's going in our episode description right there. <laughs> right there. I mean, goodness. Because if, if I were to ever speak out and say I'm oppressed, I'd get shut down. Oh, exactly. I, I mean, this happened every day in my education classes. You get shut down. It's like, no, no, you're not. You're white. No, you're not. You're a straight female. You're cisgender. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're a Christian. You're, you're low you're on domin- the victimhood You're the dominant here. religion. You're not a victim. You're low on the victimhood and here. And in that itself, you get shut down. You get absolutely slaughtered for even thinking that you could be a victim. Not that we're trying to live in victimhood or that's the place right. that we want to be in. Um, but anyways, that's a great point, Miss Post. Maybe we should we should do on scoops uh, a, a victimhood Olympics and see which the, the highest tier of victimhood. Yeah, a, a March Madness. A March, March Madness of victimhood. Honestly, it'd be tough. I don't I don't want to know who would be. Send us your thoughts on who would be number one in the victimhood Olympics because it's, it's, it's tough. It we, changes we with the wins too. Oh, it does. Because yeah. it used to be like is it, like um, Muslims were probably number one for a bit. Obviously, women were for a bit. Black men were for a bit. Black women for a bit. Mm-hmm. Probably it's probably trans people now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that could change in two days. Who knows? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm curious. We we should do that, Miss Post. I like that. You're right. Oh. Re- refugee trends. <laughs> trans refugees. That's right. <laughs> and also, we just want to point out the definition of oppression. Like I've seen things about like oh, like all people should have a basic human right to compete in sports. And first off, it's not a basic human right to compete in sports. Okay, whether you, no matter what moral code you use. Second, nothing in the Constitution guarantees you a right to compete in sports. Okay. Third, yes, I agree that anybody should be able to compete in sports. But it's like people say, oh, you know, my child's security is, is, is more important than, than your trophy. Okay, well, my child's work ethic is more important than your child's comfort level. Same thing. And I don't insert whatever you want about work ethic. It's not about, again, people act like they, they just want opportunity. Well, when they say that my child's more important than your child, no, that doesn't become the case anymore. You're saying that your child has should your child's status matters more than my child's status. And that's not true. Sports is a level playing field. It's supposed to be. It's a meritocracy. So you can't say that because you want this, this, and this, your child's not more important than my child, and then we want this and this, because by doing that, you're basically saying that your child's more important than their child. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the point of that is, uh, no, and no one's saying that, well, athletes shouldn't have a chance to compete. But it's all it's saying, A, it's a complicated issue, and B, it's not, you can't say that there's, there's no bi- advantages to biological men competing against biological women, period, period, whether that's a, a, a co-ed league or something of that sort. But you can't just say, A, there's no advantage, and B, deal with it, because that's basically saying, again, that your child is more important than someone else's child, and that's literally the opposite of equality or opportunity like, that, that, that you rightfully desire, mm-hmm. and most people do. Mm-hmm. Anyway... But back to the oppressed aspect of it. So we obviously know what's going on in Ukraine. You know, slaughter, children being bombed, women being bombed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's not to say that, you know, there's not issues in the U.S. in terms of marginalization of certain groups and things like that. But, you know, not being allowed to compete in the sport you want or being called the wrong pronoun behind your back or even to your face or something like that or on Twitter or having Rachel Levine be made fun of on Twitter is not oppression, okay? Mm-hmm. It's not hate speech. It's not hateful contact. It's, 
hateful, hateful conduct. Okay, again, we have people being slaughtered in Ukraine for being for just living there. That's oppression. That's slaughter. Uh, that's hateful conduct. Mm -hmm. Okay, Middle East, Afghan women get acid thrown in their eyes for trying to go to school. That's oppression. Okay, so let's just put that out there right there. And honestly, it's that kind of arrogance that led to us being blindsided by Ukraine's invasion in the first place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tweet that out. We're so focused on ourselves and our quote-unquote shortcomings that we can never see that we are truly okay. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Not, not, not that I'm saying everything in the world in America right now is okay by any means, but if we're going to compare... Goodness, we don't have anything close compared to that going on in the U.S. Exactly. And that's not to say, again, that there's not issues facing marginalized communities, whether that be transgender mm -hmm. or black or whatever it may be. But it goes to say, A, not everything means you're oppressed or, or someone's committing a, a violence against you. Okay. Mm -hmm. B, the United States is a fortunate place for you to live in, no matter who you are. Okay. And C, True oppression, true violence. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I can't think of the other term, but but yeah. true victimhood. Actual victims are found in countries like Ukraine, where they're right. being slaughtered for for living in an apartment complex, whatever you want to say. Right. Okay. Or, and that also goes back to the victim mindset that we have. And again, mm -hmm. what you know, there's many discussions of why there's such an increase in transgender teenagers and things like that. But one suggestion that should be looked at more, in our opinion, my opinion, is mm -hmm. because you'd be able to be a victim that way. Mm -hmm. Because people see, oh, because like if I'm if I'm just a woman, a white teenage woman, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a victim. But if I become trans, then all of a sudden no no one can touch me. And if you if you don't think that's a real thing, come talk to us. Here's here's a um, hot take: being a victim in today's society is like being higher up than other people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Although, like, realistically, if, if we use the word victim, you would think it's like, okay, that means you're a lower status than somebody else. But in America, it's like, okay, you're up on this big pedestal. You get special treatment. You get special scholarships because you're um, this race. You get special scholarships because you didn't have this in life. Um, like, obviously, help, help people out. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying that all these... Um, labels that we get to add to the fact that we're a victim um, and we're oppressed just give you more boosts in life. So, of course, like, kids seeing that, they're like, okay, yeah, I want that. Yeah, I want special treatment. I want to be given attention. I want to be given love. And so we seek the attention that we want to have um, or we seek love in places that we think that we're going to find it. And it's not going to obviously be fulfilling but that victim mindset somehow people want to find some sort of sense of security in that i don't know that's a great segue to the secular culture which obviously is a big reason why as well that's a great point miss post and actually ibram x kendi everybody's favorite anti-racist uh tweeted and then deleted a few months back this thing about uh like a study found that like college applicants were lying about their race and gender more becoming or mm -hmm. saying they were a woman or black or both mm -hmm. to get favorable treatment. So you just said it. That's, that's literally happening. Mm -hmm. A, it debunks the white privilege narrative. Mm -hmm. And B, it shows that people are trying to become a victim because why? Then they have more advantages have because of what society says. You just mm -hmm. said it, Ms. Post. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not saying that marginalized communities don't, have, don't face issues or things like that. But the point is, A, not everything is oppression. Mm -hmm. B, not everything, is, not everything that offends you 
uh, matters, mm-hmm. okay, or B, or B is the end of the world, because A, you're always going to be offended, not a personal attack, not everything's about you, and you're mm-hmm. always going to be offended, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, no one goes through life being unoffended or not, or not being hurt, not being annoyed, not feeling like the world's against them, whatever you want to say, okay? So, uh, what, I, I kind of lost my train of thought, but as we were saying, mm-hmm. uh, not everything is a personal attack, as you mm-hmm. said, and someone using the wrong pronoun or someone uh, disagreeing with you about, you know, your immutable, but also somehow simultaneously uh, ever-evolving gender does not mean that you live in a third-world country or that uh, they're committing violence against you, period, mm-hmm. period. Even if someone, even if someone's being rude about it, which again, that's a different issue, and that that's that does occur. But again, that doesn't mean you're being oppressed or that someone is committing violence against you, as we just said. Well, it's kind of like the whole um, fiasco. I don't know if it's such a trend now, but like emotional support animals. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It was, that's kind of like a victim mindset thing too. It's like, okay, I'm. I suffer from panic attacks on an airplane, so I'm going to have my emotional support iguana, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm not saying that panic attacks on a plane are anything mild. I I can't imagine going through that on an airplane, but using anything to get what you want is abuse of the people that are actually victims, are actually suffering from oppression exactly and in fact that's a great subject to the transgender issue because there are many people that do struggle with gender dysphoria it's an actual condition mm-hmm. it's not willy-nilly but when when everybody's tra- everybody's trans then no one's trans and mm-hmm. so again the people that actually do struggle get left behind because it's willy-nilly and right. again it's it's again think about the contradiction it's allegedly immutable but also allegedly ever-changing that really cannot be true mm-hmm. that can't be possible those are antonyms <laughs> they go against each other exactly completely. Um, great talk was posted, you know, mm-hmm. li- listeners, send us your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else has what to say about that. Oh yeah. Send another, us your another, thoughts for the bracket. <laughs> another, oh yeah, bracket. That's right. Another <laughs> oppressive country, Iran, where they throw homosexuals off cliffs sometimes. So another, another, uh, progressive country there, Iran. But we won't talk about that. Exactly. Well, <laughs> another interesting point is like the same cats that like hate Christianity and say that Christianity is like, you know, bigoted or whatever are the same ones that defend Islam till their death. And this post dad made a beautiful point one time last year about how they know that's not the truth. That's why they're so quick to defend it, which I do think mm-hmm. is true. But it's also interesting just in a sense of, again, we talk about intolerant religions. Islam is more mm-hmm. intolerant than Christianity by a long shot. Again, they throw gay people off cliffs in Iran. Yes, there's been hate crimes in the U.S., and that's absolutely true, and that's absolutely terrible. But again, Iran, they, the, 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 the government, the sentence is to be thrown off a cliff for being gay. So... That's 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 Islam right there. Now that's not that's not what all Muslims believe. But that's peaceful. peaceful, Exactly. That's a peaceful religion. Exactly. And should be revered. Whereas Christianity is hateful. Exactly. And destructive and violent. Exactly. Show me where Christians push. So the same ones that have the pride flag on their profile picture, which now includes, according to my boy Phil, now includes the prostitution circle. So every other color keeps getting smaller and smaller. (laughs) But that's fine. But the same ones that have that will also say. Islamophobia is wrong or something. Again, Islamophobia, Islamophobia is wrong, but that's not the point. The point is if you're talking about religion being evil or bigoted or ass backwards, you can't simultaneously defend Islam, which mm-hmm. A, is a religion, and B, is more intolerant towards homosexuality and other things than most other religions, if not all of them. Mm-hmm. Even the most liberal interpretation of Islam 
is probably, if not as conservative, pretty darn close to the most conservative interpretation of Christianity. So food for thought there as well. But let's make some picks, Miss Post. Okay. Um, West Region, Gonzaga, Arkansas, who do you like? Well, i got to go with Gonzaga. That's your champ, right? Yeah. Yeah. I do as well. I think they're really good. They struggled against Memphis, but they're the best team, I think, in the field right now. Uh, so you got to go Gonzaga. Duke, Texas Tech. Duke's the two-seed actually underdogs, though. Who do you like in that one, Miss Post? Uh, strangely, I have Texas Tech. I think it was I picked this after Duke kind of had some sad losses. So I wasn't feeling too confident in them. But who knows? I mean, they they got a big fan fan following. So I feel like that, that's really going to boost the morale and probably help them win. Duke struggled against Michigan State. Texas Tech is a really good team. But I, I, I think Duke will at least get to the next round. Um, I think they're just too good. I think they'll score against Texas Tech. And Texas Tech will have a hard time responding to that. Okay, let's go now to the uh, East. Purdue against the Cinderella St. Peter's. I got to take Purdue. Just too big. Their, their bigs are, are too big inside for St. Peter's. I think they'll, they'll win pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, they got seven foot. And seven four. Seven four. Yeah. Uh, and North Carolina, UCLA, UNC, an eight seed. Blew a 25-point lead to Baylor, but came back. UCLA, great blue blood matchup here. I love it. I got to go UCLA. Kind of a toss-up game to me, but I think UCLA is really good. I've been on them kind of all year, even though they struggled a bit. Uh, I think UCLA will pull it out. I think I'm going with UCLA, too. I like that. Lastly, Midwest, Kansas-Providence, one verse four. Kansas is all set up for them to make the Final Four. They usually blow it when that's the case. This is a tough one. I do think Kansas will win, but don't be surprised if Kansas does not make it to the Final Four in New Orleans. Who do you like, Miss Post? Kansas as well. Two Cinderella's here, 11 seed Iowa State. Two wins last year down in the Sweet 16 against 10 seed Miami. Just smoked second seed at Auburn. Who do you like in that one, Miss Post? I'm going to say Iowa State. They got a big momentum swing going. I say that's going to carry them through that game. They are hot. They beat Wisconsin in Madison. I'm going to take Miami. I, I, after watching Miami, they're really good. They're a great team. They won at Duke. I think Miami can beat anybody. I think Miami will win. All right, so let's go through and say who you think will be in the Final Four from each region. Let's just stay in the Midwest to start. Uh, so I actually think Miami will come out. I think Kansas has a history of choking in, in the tournament. I think Miami is playing the best in that region right now. I think they're a good team, so I'm picking Miami to come out of the Midwest. Who do you think, Miss Post? There, there can't be one. I mean, does that have to be there? Well, one team from each region, Miss Post. In the, in the final four? Yes. So who do you think <laughs> sorry, between sorry, Kansas, <laughs> Kansas and He's not clicking the right Iowa place. State or Miami or Providence? I don't think any of them are going to be there. Well, one of them has to, Kayla. <laughs> in the final four? Yes, each region has one oh, team that comes well, out of Well, mine was Auburn, and they're gone, so I don't know. I well, know. you have Kansas. Iowa State playing Kansas. Who are you taking? Kansas. Okay, let's go to the south now. I have Villanova beating Arizona. That's my Villanova still alive for me, so I'm picking that. Villanova. All right, west, I have Gonzaga Duke. Uh, they played earlier. Duke won. I think Duke will lose again in another huge game, just like they did to UNC and in the ACC final. I'm picking the Zags. Same here. So you have Zags beating Texas Tech, though, right? Yes. Okay. Lastly, the East. We both have Purdue, UCLA. Who do you like in that one, Miss Post? Got to pick Purdue. Even as an IU fan, huh? This is not a personal matter. I like that. I like that. I'm actually picking UCLA. I, they, they were one of my Final Four picks preseason. I think they're finally hitting their stride. 
And Purdue always blows it. They haven't made a Final Four since 1980. Purdue, they're going to let their fans down again. Sorry, Daniel. I think UCLA will win a rematch with Gonzaga from last year's Final Four, which would be awesome. Uh, final thoughts, Miss Post. Adam, I almost did it, by the way. So, Adam, get this. Take off the ring. Take off the ring, Adam. Take it off. We're switching it up. That's right. That's right. I did it, Adam, by the way. I did it. I did it. Okay. Thank you for listening to Scoops. Uh, real quick on inflation. So, of course, Biden's now blaming Putin. And, of course, that hadn't affected the invasion. But let's just remember, A, prices were already at a 40-year high when the invasion happened. And, B, if the U.S. was still energy independent like they could have been, the gas prices would be offset by our own production. Same with Europe, relying less on Russian gas, which, cough, cough, Donald Trump warned them to do. But, again, it's Democrat hubris. Apparently, Russian, pollu- Russian gas and Venezuelan gas pollutes the earth less than American gas. Also, what's one thing better than getting gas from Putin? Getting it from a dictator like uh, Venezuela's Maduro or Iran's, Iran's uh, I can't think of the name, uh, Ayatollah. So food for thought there. Democrats, again, I don't want to get into that right now, but they're going to get slaughtered in November. They still have no message. They think they should double down on the progressive, progressive uh, legislation. And again, literally Biden won by about 40,000 votes in three states. So again, close against the guy who never reached more than 45% approval and who got the second most votes in history, or excuse me, but who got second most votes in history. And what do Democrats do? They run straight to the left. Smart, smart. But as we say here on Scoops, that's called Democrat hubris. I did forget to say one thing though, and I'm sorry about this listeners, but we do have to clown some Republicans here because in our state, a bill was recently passed and signed that permitted concealed carry without a permit. And we don't know a lot about guns, and I'm not going to get into that because that's not really our, our forte here. But I do want to say it was not supported by a lot of state police associations. And that's fine. You still have the right to pass the bill. But that's why slogans like back the blue really are dumb because, A, there's a lot more nuance than that. And, C, you can't back the blue for one thing but not others, just like the science, right? You follow the science on all things, not just one. And maybe the law is fine. I, again, I don't know a lot about guns or that law, but – you can't say back the blue, but then not listen to police when they say this bill would make their job harder. But that's just one thing. There you go. Republicans have hubris too. As I like to say, though, it's not, it's not, Democrat hubris is, Democrat hubris is not talked about 24-7 on news and the media and academia in big tech like it is for Republicans. So that's why here at Scoops, we have to vent a lot when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the madness. IU women play UConn. Should be a great game. Ohio State, they're in it as well. They play uh, Texas, I believe. So it should be a great reputation for the Big Ten. Iowa went down, though, to Creighton. Surprise and upset, but it is March. So we'll see how it goes. But thank you all for listening. See you next week for our Final Four preview. Yes. Have a good night and weekend.